I'm Gab, he's Jules. Blue skies over West London, of course. Uh, blue are still skies over Barcelona. They won their, their title. We're going to well get done. into that. Blue skies, sky blue skies, as they like to say here, uh, over Manchester. Huge weekend in, in the Premier League. Uh, of course, with, with City winning the gap. It's now four points yeah, and a finished. game, man. It's finished. Pretty close to finished. Um, but we got to start in Barcelona because obviously we knew it was coming uh, and it came. No surprise there, but there's still that sense of liberation, right? They yeah. Four two against Espanyol. And I was thinking back, like, all right, I'm I'm a sucker for 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 Xavi. I'm I'm I've been a big time Xavi fan. I think he deserves a massive chunk of the credit here because you can look at this and you can say, okay, it's La Liga. You really only have to beat two other teams. You mortgage the future to spend all this money. You brought in Lewandowski, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But when you actually think about it, first of all, I don't know that the newcomers as a group had as much of an impact as all that spending warranted. But what, it, what I think is incredible is what is the stability Xavi gave them. Even if so much stuff was going on, the, the financial the stuff, yeah. the Enriquez Negreira case... Yeah. All this stuff, uh, even Pique retiring, you know, that's, that's his teammate, right? Yeah. And that kind of leadership coupled with his tactical changes as well. Finding that tweak at the end with, with Gavi kind of in that other wing position, but not really the asymmetrical setup with yeah, Balde yeah. going up the wing. Like, there's just so much to... There's just so much to praise with the job Xavi's done. Yeah, for his first full season in charge, really, because he came uh, during last season. November. For, yeah, so during his, for his first full season, he brings the title back for the first time in four years. Four years is a very long time for a club like Barcelona not to win La Liga. So well done to him, you're right. I think it was a very difficult context all around the team from the summer and the levers and where they were going to be able to sign players or not. Um, to, to create the strongest defence in the league, one of the strongest defence in Spanish football history. Only 13 goals conceded in 34 matches. It's, it's a pretty incredible record. To be fair, they only lost three games. They've they drawn four. It's a, it's a pretty faultless season domestically. The Champions League and Europa League was very different and maybe showed the limit right now. The only thing you can say maybe is about the style of football. In the, in the sense that maybe a lot of people thought, OK, it's Xavi, it's Barcelona, they're going to play like Pep's team, which... Doesn't but, have the same players, can't do that. And he also it, had a lot of injuries with Mandembele and Pedri, especially maybe the two best players in that team, missing out for quite a while. But to me, that's a credit to him. It's a credit to him that he comes in saying, all right, my DNA, my legacy is Pep's Barcelona. Yeah. But I'm going to find a different way of playing when I need to. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, to me, that is the mark of a very, very good manager. Anybody can have a philosophy, right? Especially when you were a part of it. And we see this so often. Uh, legendary ex-pros going back to their teams to become managers. And they go and they do whatever their manager at the time did. You know, not even Pep plays like Pep's Barcelona now, no, right? And he, probably, he arguably has the players. So, to me, that evolution speaks volumes about yeah, him. Yeah, I agree, I agree. Um, if we were to single out individuals, obviously Ter Stegen, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I, I was wondering about that. Who would be my my three key people at Barcelona this year. And I would go Ter Stegen. I would go Araujo. Me too. I would go Gavi. That would be my three. I would... Uh, now, I would you're going to put Lewandowski because... But then when you go that long period 
without scoring. I think those three had that consistency. And I'll tell you also I'm putting in there two other guys who I think definitely deserve a mention. One is Balde, because mm -hmm. 19 years old, bye-bye Jordi Alba, we're reworking the team, giving him more responsibility down the wing. Um, and the other one is Frankie de Jong, because this is a guy, again, in the summer, every which way they tried to sell him. You're going yeah, to Manchester yeah. United, oh, Ted yeah. Hogg. He says, no, 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 and he stays, and he becomes a keeper. So with Frankie, I think he's an amazing player. I think he would be better now that Busquets is gone and that Busquets is not in that team anymore. It's nothing against Busquets. It's just that I don't think the two, I don't think Frankie de Jong could play at his best when Busquets was there in the position that he was. So I expect much better things and, and a much better even level from Frankie next season. With Gavi, I, I think I expect maybe too much. But I was still disappointed at the time because he doesn't have, he's 18 years old, so he will never have the consistency maybe than someone at 23, 24, 25 will have. But I, I still want more from him. For me, Lewandowski with Testegen and Arojo, I agree with those two because he's going to be the Pichichi, because without his goals, nobody else is scoring. And the, I would mention Rafinha because Rafinha, when Dembele got injured, yeah. was not at the level as he's hit later in the season. I think he adapted so well. He raised his game, which I think deserves credit for. You know, I think it speaks volumes about this team that when we try to... You can't single one yeah, guy out. it's a collective. Out. You're right. You know, it really was a collective mm. performance. And and really, I think that's as much kind of Xavi DNA. Yeah. We saw the Barca players being very happy, of course, winning the, the title at Espanyol as well. So in the derby against the city rivals, even if... You know, not really rivals. Uh, and they did this like dance in the middle of the pitch, like holding and having I mean, I don't know, I find it weird. But I can understand you celebrating, but let's remind everybody there were no way so no Barcelona fans were in the stadium. And then and then obviously they wound up so much the Espanol fans, especially the ultras, that well, some of them came onto the pitch and the Barca players had to rush in into the dressing room uh, by, in fear really. And you had a you had a problem you had an issue with them celebrating before even the ultras come in on the pitch. Yeah, look, I mean, let's be very, very clear on this, right? This is not a case of the ultras being in any way justified by yeah, yeah. coming on the pitch, right? You come on the pitch, especially yeah. in that menacing way. You know, fortunately, nothing happened. I don't know if an even no, one guy came so. in contact with one Barcelona player, staff member, right? Um, but those people, they should be identified and they should be, they should be prosecuted. It's simple as. You cannot do that, yeah. right? So... But equally, I kind of felt, and, and the, the, the dance they did where they all go around, and you know, that's a traditional Catalan yeah, yeah, dance, yeah. they do. The, what got me is, in this situation, and I tweeted it was tone deaf, and I'm raising the ire of the Barca sphere, but Xavi basically said what I said. Xavi celebrated the final whistle, hugged some of his players, pumped his fist in the air, and then he went down the tunnel. Because he understands, he's from Barcelona, he understands the context, he understands, there's no point in rubbing Espanol's nah, noses in it. Not when you have this imbalance of power. Xavi probably has friends who are Espanol fans, because guess what? Like, a big chunk of the city is Espanol fans. Yeah. This, isn't, this isn't Rangers and Celtic, right? As much as they try to make it out. Like, uh, this is a different kind of rivalry. And if... I don't think any Barcelona player wanted to go and humiliate Espanol. I, I would really, really hope not. No, because not. if you're going to do that, you know, pick on somebody your own size, right? Yeah, not this yeah, club yeah. with these atrocious owners who are on their way to the second division. Um,
but equally, I, I just think it's it's weird and it's a sign of the times. And there's a backstory to this, obviously, about why no Barcelona fans exactly. were there, yeah. which is this back and forth tit for tat between the two clubs. Um, I actually think Espanol are probably a little more responsible here than Barcelona in terms. But regardless, but it seemed like it went on for, for a very long time. Yeah. Um, and it just seemed weird. You celebrate with your fans, right? Like yeah. I, I, I know it's on TV. I know, and they're not there. And but you know what? Your fans are a couple miles away in Canaletas, right? You can do it there. Yeah. And so what Xavi said, Xavi said, you know, and I'm paraphrasing here. Like it wasn't the time to be no, out exactly. on the pitch. If it'd been the last I, game of the season, maybe you understand a bit more. This is the last time they're all together. I, Busquets is going to leave. <laughs> blah blah blah. But. Yeah, it, it felt disrespectful for the yeah, players. and you know, and so like to be clear, I'm not saying that you can't celebrate the title. Of course, no. you celebrate. You can celebrate on the pitch the way the way Xavi did. Yeah, exactly. But then, and to see all those staff members join in and whatever, I, I don't know if it was maybe they should have talked about beforehand. Should Xavi said something? So when Xavi saw that it was you know starting to like said hey come inside and there were there were reports that Xavi did send word out there I have no idea if it's accurate because yeah. you know you know how it is there's a paranoia between this is a Madrid press and a Barcelona press yeah. and they go after each other um, probably beforehand they should have said guys if we win the title here you know high five group hug and then we go in the dressing room we uncork the champagne and then we Play go to the kind music. of like with our fans yeah. or whatever right yeah I, I think probably that's what they should have done I think in those more sensitive situations because Espanol felt humiliated and it's mm. not I know it's not what Xavi wanted to do yeah, it's not yeah, what Barcelona players, wanted to do yeah. that was just the outcome did you like um, Laporta uh, celebrations going in like in the, <laughs> in the dressing room didn't really look too comfortable at running or anything like that hey, look I mean it's a victory for him you know he took over it's true he took over in a difficult situation I, we said I think the biggest thing with difficult. Laporta you can say is he chose the right guy in Xavi and that wasn't to be taken yeah. for granted because let's not forget Xavi Xavi hadn't backed Laporta in the previous election right no so was, there was some sense like are they close he was able to convince yeah. to convince Xavi I mean you couldn't have done worse than the Dutch guy before him anyway <laughs> it's probably true um obviously you talk about the future now um that figure out there that they need to make 200 million euros in in, in savings some of that, I think, is just a cash flow thing. Yeah. Some of it, obviously, Busquets' wages going and yeah. so on. But it doesn't change the fact that whatever savings they need to make, they need to do it with 25% less TV revenue. And now, because they sold, because of the levers that they pulled, right? They, For those who don't know, they effectively took a big lump sum of money last summer. Yeah and sold their rights, sold a chunk of their television rights for the next, uh, the domestic Liga rights for the next X many years. Yeah. That's going to be difficult to do. It's a challenge again. And I think they could put all those levers last, last summer to sign Lewandowski and Rafinha and spend that money. And they, they won't be able to do the same this summer. So for the people who think, oh, let's do again what we did last, it's not because there's not that many levers available anyway, possibilities. And even if you could, you'd be screwing up the club in yeah, perpetuity. Right? So you need to sell, first of all. So a Frank Kessy, for example. A, so Busquets retiring, as you say, I think 39 million euros in, in wages gone. So this will help. Kessy is going to be sold. Ansu Fati, I suspect, Ferran Torres uh, also. 
maybe to Aston Villa, who seems a club that is happy to go and happy to pay. I think they need to. They bought him for 55 million from City. They need to sell him for 42 to not make a loss, which is a lot of money for someone ah, who's bringing up amortization. Yeah, one of which my is favorite fair subjects. Because, but because otherwise it doesn't make any sense. You could sell Ferran Torres if you want, but if it's at a loss. That is not going to help no, you to re-sign exactly. Lionel Messi, for example. So well, what it also tells you is even if you sell him for $50 million, you get the cash, but yeah. it's only an $8 million net benefit. Exactly. Plus his wages. Yeah. So it's going to be a challenge. I don't know exactly. They have all those people coming out and being very optimistic publicly, from Laporta to you know people who work with him. It's all good to be optimistic now, but... In the, at the end, it will be down to how effective they are in all that challenge. So be good sellers for the ones they want to sell. Be clever in the ones they want to recruit because now I say, oh, we're going to go and get Zubi Mendy to replace Busquets. Okay, good luck. The release clause is 60 million euros. You yeah. can't pay six, and a release clause by definition has to be paid in one transfer of money, not through, you know, four or five years, the length of the player's contract. So, I mean, good luck with that. And if on top of that you want to sign Messi or re-sign Messi, then it's even more challenging. Yeah, I, I think, let's just knock the Messi thing on the head. I mean, we've said before, if there's some way where Messi comes and he costs you very, very little, mm -hmm. and he agrees to it and whatever, and it's my last contribution to the club, and obviously Messi would bring in X amount of additional revenue exactly. simply by being there, yeah. then I think you do it. From a footballing perspective, I'm not sure that, I think adding Messi means that Xavi needs to rip up completely the, 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 the blueprint again. Completely. It also means that your two biggest attacking talents are both going to be, you know, 33 and, and 35, yeah, something like that, yeah. right? And, 36 and, and 33, yeah. Yeah, so that doesn't bode great either, because you just have to replace them a few years down the road. But equally, I, I can't imagine... If you can make this work financially, in like a real way, with yeah, Messi yeah. taking a massive, massive pay cut relative to what he was earning before, I, I don't think Laporta can say no. If no, Messi comes uh, out Chavi, and says... Xavi neither. Oh, would Xavi really want... I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, this is happening. Messi resigns. He's party in Barcelona. You're right. Spotify is going to pay more money. Nike are going to pay more money. So, right. okay, great. You bring more revenue. Where does he play? How do you play as a team? Knowing Messi now, and I've seen him play, I've seen every single of his matches in the last two seasons in Paris, and Paris is a very different team. But having watched Barcelona all season together, where does he fit? Like you said, if he's to start from scratch again to incorporate Messi in the team, that's another challenge as well for Xavi. And if it brings the champions, yeah, it's a, it's a massive challenge. I mean, that would be that would be interesting. I don't know. Yeah, if I can't wait to see it. But I don't know how positive it would be for the club. Um, Leaving Messi to one side, I think there's certain, when you look at this team, and again, it's credit to Messi, to, uh, to Xavi, in terms of players that they, need to, that they need to bring in, you mentioned their defensive record was, was tremendous last year. Yeah. One obvious question, do you keep Kunde at right back or do you sign a right back and go with that Kunde-Rajo partnership? Because I know Christensen pulled his way, Marcos Alonso pulled his way, but these aren't, especially Marcos Alonso, these aren't guys and Eric Garcia, I, you know, there's a drop-off there, right? Yeah, but I think the fact that they've extended Marcos Alonso's contract, which needs to be registered, which is not now because they don't have the space in the wedge bill, but will be at some point. If they sign in Ingo Martinez already from Athletic Club de Bilbao... Which isn't done. Yeah, but it will be done once they 
I think once they've been able to register him and Sergio Roberto's new contract and, that means, and Gavi, that means Kunde Kunde is your right back yeah. for the foreseeable future. Otherwise, it would not extend. You'll have five centre backs, right? Yeah. So but, this is clearly what they've chose chosen to do. And then Jordi Alba sticks around another year because I'm assuming they probably want to move him. Yeah. But he's got a contract, right? Yeah, so yeah, he sticks around to back up well. Balde. Yeah. In midfield. If Kessie goes, and even if he doesn't go, they're probably going to want to bring somebody in because they'll be short because of Busquets. Yeah. So Zubimendi, uh, I think Zubimendi is a great choice. He's 24. He's, I think he's a wonderful talent. But he costs you 60 million. Again, if you can afford the 60 million, yeah, go for him. Um, I and, just. And if the other thing is, if Ferran Torres goes, who's your backup center forward? Yeah, no, but, and if Antofati goes as well. If, if you sell the two, yeah. which you have to really, to make Zubimendi, Messi, plus all the others, then you need an, at least another player. Although Rafinha, Lewandowski, Messi, Dembele. If Messi comes. If Messi comes, of course. And you can play Gavi, as we said, higher, slightly higher up the pitch. But you need at least another centre forward. So what, you go and get Aubameyang again? Which, like the rumours game, do you go youth in La Masia? Do you go youth in Spain and try to sign like a young striker who's going to be a good... Kind of you, backup plan for Lewandowski? So, amidst all this, and I've mentioned this before, but I think it's worth noting again, Matteo Alemani, who kind of made all this work somehow last summer in his role yeah. as football director, obviously Jordi Cruyff as a sporting director, he's announced that he's moving on, yeah. even though he's a year left on his contract. He's going to help out in the summer and then move on. He's been linked with Aston Villa. It's funny when you mentioned Ferran Torres. Of course. <laughs> kind of like thinking, like, wait a minute, this, but whatever. Uh, I'm sure Villa can, can figure it out. Um, if these people were so convinced that they're onto a good thing, they wouldn't be leaving, would they? No, you're right. We, we mentioned it when the news broke that Aleman was going to, to Villa and leaving like that. Is it because he's not in agreement with the Messi resigning? I don't know. Is he because he feels like... Is it because he can do math and he's looked at the levers and said we won the maybe. title, better to get out before... But maybe like also, it must be really tiring to work at a club like Barcelona, one of the biggest club, greatest club in the world, and having to find ways, you know, yeah. in any other club. Imagine Chiqui Begaration at City. He doesn't have to go through that. Compost a PhD. I mean, like, okay, maybe right. the two, okay. But no, <laughs> but no, not but, the okay. best examples. Okay, forget those examples. But, you know, somewhere, I, I mean, even like Liverpool or Arsenal or Real Madrid or... Atletico Madrid. There's clubs. a budget, there's a stability. Yeah, there. there's like, okay, this is what you have available. Spend it where you want, spend it wisely. Yeah. Not go through like, okay, we need to let him go and sell it and save on this and save. We can't buy pens this month because we need that money. for. Like, it must be tiring. And maybe yeah. Element was like, I don't want to do two summers like that in a row. I want to end on a positive note. And the reasons to have faith. There's lots of reasons to be scared of the future. Reasons to have faith. I think Xavi's shown this incredible adaptability. Yeah. Um, I think... You can trust Xavi in the sense that Xavi's intelligent enough to know that if Laporta starts doing something wacky, like selling off more chunks, I don't. I think Xavi's going to call him on it. And I think at that point, I think there's enough yeah, yeah, people yeah. now. It's gone so far that there's enough Barcelona people, maybe former board members or whatever, who are around, who are watching this, who, who understand the situation, right? Title one, whatever, now deliver. Otherwise, the screws turn on Laporta. That's the reason to be positive. The other reason to be positive is, when I go back to La Masia, you know, we've gone on about La Masia, this and that. The reality is, since Busquets and maybe Pedro, they hadn't produced anybody other than Sergio Roberto until this generation comes yeah, yeah. of Pedri 
Gavi, Balde. It doesn't mean there's more uh, people. Pedro is not a Masilla, though. Well, no, but he came, he came yeah. sorry, Gavi and Balde. He yeah, came, yeah. came very young. I mean, Pedro wasn't either. He arrived at 17, no, no, technically. Yeah, but, but like. So I, I do think if they can get that right, that can also tide them yeah. over for a while. Um, as, and as you think, to finish, this team is going to get better. Xavi is going to get better as a manager. You know the disappointment in the Champions League, in the Europa League, he will use that to become better. And I think whether they keep the defensive solidity at that level next season, I don't know, because they might want to play a bit more expensive, especially if Messi is here. I don't think if Messi is there, you, they will be able to be so solid defensively. But, but I think this team has a great future and Xavi has a great future ahead of him because he's going to get better and better. The team will get better. Gavi will get better. Pedri individually, collectively, which I think is very, and, very exciting. And I think certainly within the La Liga sphere, when you consider that, okay, Real Madrid, we don't know who the manager is going to be next season. We don't know if Ancelotti is going to be back. Yeah. We don't know. Obviously, Modric and Kroos another year. Benzema another year. They're not getting any younger. Yeah. Um, and Atletico Madrid... While they've been fantastic the last six months, you know, they're still, what, double digits behind them in the table, right? So I, I think you are pretty well placed. If you make the right moves, you can be successful to get on the pitch. And then it's a case of defending yourself with yeah. the lawyers from all these other things, selling well. It's tricky. It's not yeah, impossible. It's We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, enough, Barca. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, Gab. Manchester City win at Everton and Arsenal fall at home to Brighton, which means the gap is now four points. And Manchester City have a game in hand and they could be champions as early as next Saturday. Jules, let's start at Goodison. I totally understood why you thought City might drop points, but it was the opposite. (laughs) Completely. Although for the first half hour, I was like, okay. They didn't seem really into it. They didn't, I don't know, I, th- I thought there was a lack of... And then the Gundogan tech is genius. Like this, bam, bam, two goals in two minutes. I was just like, wow, what happened? Okay, this is why they're so good. This is why they're going to be the champions again uh, and maybe go for bigger things this season with a double or a treble because just when you think you have them there, you're well organized, you're in good position, they're not threatening at all for half an hour, then they go and score two goals like that to make, then make it three Gundogan in great form, even in, in a team that had no De Bruyne, no Bernardo Silva, no Grealish, who were all rested, but Pep Guardiola, it was still um, a huge win, of course, for them. And, and, and well done, because I really thought that maybe in terms of focus, especially, they could all be thinking about the Real Madrid game on Wednesday. And clearly they were not, so I was wrong. <laughs> and well done to them. It's, oh, like, it's, it's true, the I first half hour was really slow. 
And I was like, okay, maybe they're not really into this. And then bam, bam. I, but I think that comes down to individual quality course, and the ability yeah. to focus and make it count. Because like I said, all the hallmarks were there. Everton coming off the 5-1 win. Everton taking points for them at the, yeah. at the Etihad on, was it December 31st or whatever? Like that, yeah. um, they were all there. And yeah, yeah the fact that even like this is a game impressive. where you could afford to drop points because you still have the lead. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but no. And oh, by the way, uh, Erling Holland, that guy's got hops. What's Ooh, hops? He's got, he can oh, jump. jump. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he can. Even that has improved. And meanwhile, Gabby, Arsenal lose at home to Brighton 3 0. Did you see this coming? No, I did not. Again, Brighton losing 5 1 at home yeah. uh, on Monday. No carryover whatsoever. I did not expect Arsenal to be as poor as they were, um, especially in the second half. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's a different team when there's no Zinchenko. Um, we can make all these excuses. And Martinelli, and, yeah. Uh, and Martinelli going off. Equally, I think we also have to give credit to Brighton. They were uh, amazing. This looks like a team to me, Arsenal, where they ran out of gas. And even, you know, the, the two late goals came in garbage time. So that has to be acknowledged. But if you look at performance before that, Brighton, I think, were still well, oh, well yeah. ahead of Arsenal. I was I, and, and that's why I, 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 Were you surprised that Teta was so negative afterwards? No, I mean, I didn't really see what he said. Didn't hear. He, I mean, he came I, out and he said, like, oh, we can't play as bad as we did, blah, blah, blah. And the, commenta- the, the interviewer was like, oh, yeah, but you're going to look back later and reflect. And he's like, well, maybe later, but right now, this was yeah, rubbish. I know, but I can understand. I can why. understand. It, it. To be fair, yeah. the atmosphere was, yeah, it, you could tell. And, and well done to Deserbi because the plan, tactically, especially, worked. Cole Will under the guard, by the way, if you watch the game again, was fantastic. Jules, this game was more physical than I expected. Yeah. It began with a Gabriel Martinelli body check and elbow on Kauro Mitoma. And a little later, Moises Caicedo, a bit of vengeance perhaps, of took out Martinelli and kind of high-fived or, yeah, or fist-bumped Mitoma. Mitoma. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Martinelli had to go off. Could this have been avoided with some better refereeing early on? <laughs> I mean, I thought the referee... For, I mean, on both sides, because even before Martinelli on, on Mitoma, there was, there was something the other side, I think maybe Stupinan on Saka or something like that, and he, f- he felt that it was going to be physical. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't like Madley as a, as a referee, I have to be honest. Uh, not just in that game in general. I mean, one of his linesmen managed to flag offside Rosa after throw-in. <laughs> which I tweeted about and found ridiculous at that level to make a mistake. I know everybody makes mistakes, but no, I, mean, I, don't, I don't accept a mistake like you this. Do the, he does this for a living. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, of course, it, it felt physical. I mean, Caicedo deserved the yellow card. Yeah. Martinelli, 100%. I think, could have even gotten a red. It's a, that's a yellow and, to red And, card. and same yeah. from, from Martinelli, because uh, that was really out of, out of order, out of control. Um, I guess there was a lot of stake because Brighton's still fighting for... Yeah, but seven minutes into the game, you're Martinelli, you don't expect that. I, I don't no, expect definitely. that from you. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Bayern in Germany, meanwhile, destroys Schalke 6-0 and stay a point ahead of Borussia Dortmund. Gab, what did you learn? Well, I learned that when Bayern are score first against a bad team, uh, yeah, then they'll and tend to score more and more. Um, what I like, we saw Muller starting again yeah. with Musiala. He's a 4-1-4-1, effectively. Yeah, Two Kimmich attacking fullbacks. Yeah. Kimmich on his own in front of the, in front of the back four. Masraoui and Jocancelo coming forward. It's Pep City from last year. And it's Schalke as well. So. No, but either Tuchel has to find a scheme and stick with it at some point, right? <laughs> yeah, but I think this is play one, like that every game. You can't play like that No, but this is, and obviously it's going to be a different test. But I think this is one where you can work on because you've got Moller and Musiala together. I think they can play together. If you do that line of four, does mean Kimmich on his own? Hey, that's fine. 
you know, City managed to do it with, with, with Rodri and Fernandinho on their own yeah. back in the day. Can these guys do it? If they work hard enough, maybe. Tottenham Hotspur lose away to Aston Villa, who pulled level in the table. Jules, Tottenham somehow straight offside <laughs> I mean. nine times in that game. Is that Unai Emery highline genius or really, really bad movement no, from Hanson and Richarlison? I thought it was terrible movement, terrible timing, terrible passing. Uh, I just think, I mean, for Ryan Mason to say, we worked on it and we wanted to exploit it and then have that? What did you work on at training the week before? I mean, I don't understand. They're, they're quality players who can't, you just can't explore the high line like that. I don't. I really don't get it. Oh, so try something different. Come on. It doesn't have to be the like mix it up a little bit. It doesn't have to be ball over the top all the, all no, the yeah, time. No, yeah, true. Although they should be capable of doing better than that in terms of ball over the top and timing their runs and timing their passes. Yeah. Do you want to hear a crazy stat, which I learned from BBC's match of the day? Go on. Since Emery arrived, Aston Villa have caught opponents offside 92 times. The, season, the, the team that's second in that time period, Liverpool, have done it 65 times. Amazing. That's 50% more. Yeah, yeah. According to multiple reports, Spurs have let it be known, Gav, that they didn't actually meet with Julian Nagelsmann mm -hmm. as they felt that he wasn't the right candidate. Are you surprised? I mean, yeah. And, you know, I've decided not to buy a Lamborghini because I felt like it wasn't the right car for me. Okay. Like, I... I, I don't the right candidate, wrong candidate. I, I don't. First of all, don't come out and talk about this if you didn't. If you, yeah. don't, you don't have to put the guy down, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, secondly, I'd love to know who the right candidate is, um, and also how do you know he's not the right candidate if you didn't speak to him? <laughs> like, I don't. No, I, I think they spoke, but didn't meet. Maybe in person. As in. Whatever. I don't. I. I just hope they get the right person in this place because Spurs fans deserve better than what they've been getting for yeah. the last 12 months. Yeah. Let's stay in London where Chelsea Nottingham Forest battled to a 2-2 draw at Stamford Bridge. Jules, not much of a performance from nope. Chelsea. Uh, but the good news is that now literally everyone is reporting that Pochettino will be the next manager. He has agreed a three-year deal. Yeah. But he hasn't actually signed it yet. No, I, I will. When I get to talk to him, I want to ask him, like, if everything's agreed, why haven't you signed? He will. To give him, I mean, what? There's no rush. He only is going to take over in the summer. So, like, there's no yeah, rush. I'll just leave the contract. He's just there. It's like, yeah. it's all agreed. How funny, I, how hilarious would it be if they get a call from Real Madrid? Says, it's oh, look, not Carlos off to Brazil. It's not going to happen. Huh? But, and we disagree on this because I think he's a really good fit. You're not so sure. So, we will see. I think there won't be a quick fix because he will take time. Will he get the time? I'm hoping so again. Um, but I think that works. It works for him because he wants to come back to the Premier League, to London, in a top club. He's got that. I think it works. It works for Chelsea because he can do really good things with his squad once the squad is going to be slimmed down, of course, because now it's too many players, too many, too much dead wood, too, all of that. Uh, but it will be better. So I'm, I'm excited. I really want to see this next season. So I was shocked. I was, I was at this game and I was, I was shocked to see Joel Felix in the starting lineup at centre forward. I mean, I know, but it's, it's like, you know, Frank Lampard is the coach. What do you expect? So, like, Vivelle, they don't even say, like, hey, listen, like, because I, I'm just assuming that Vivelle isn't thinking, oh, Joel Felix will be our centre forward next season. Why not play the best on earth? Or at least, or, or at least somebody who, or, or Fafana, David Datro, whatever, <laughs> like who at least is a center forward. Yeah. Well, why do I need to? Why do I need to see Thiago Silva play at age thirty-eight? I know. I know what he can do. I know he's back next year. I, I don't get it. Yeah. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing. However, you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash g-a-b-j-u-l-s now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. Another rough day for Milan in between Champions League matches, Gab. They lose 2-0 away at Spezia. They are now four points back from the Champions League uh, positions. Really, really bad performance. They changed it around. They tried Rebic up front. Uh, You had to make changes, right? You got to make changes, but it's not just a question of expecting more from your bench, but they played more starters than they normally did when they make changes, and they were poor. They were really, really poor. And Spezia's goals came late, but they were fully deserved. Jules, at the end of that game, we saw some remarkable scenes uh, with the entire team, including coach Stefano Pioli, called over to listen to motivational speech from the ultras. I mean, yeah. if, if you get a chance to look at the photograph of it's, this, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty impressive. remarkable. They're all just like watching yeah. as if the guy's like some motivational speaker. The following day, a delegation of ultras and a bunch of other fans showed up at the training ground. They lit flares, sang songs. Now, every indication coming from the club and from those who were there that this isn't about threats. This isn't, Pioli called it a positive interaction. But... Are you comfortable with this sort of thing? Because there is a nasty history to it in the past. Yeah, and, and not just in, in, in many clubs where ultras are a big part of... Or, or even organized fan groups, yeah, whether it's yeah. France, whether it's Spain, yeah. whether Germany. But it's usually to put pressure on the coach and the, and the yeah. players to do better, to do well. To In this case, I would think it's like... In this case, literally, they said, okay, it's been a really, really... You guys have been rubbish, yeah. but we will continue supporting you to our best until the end now go and be entering yeah the exactly final, right but yeah but with a bit of pressure in it as well like you know okay. not a threat, no greater than the pressure they put on themselves yeah, it's no, not like oh sure. charles but de catalan okay missed another it. goal and i'm gonna go crucify you i'm okay with it because as we always say fans will always be there those managers players won't always be at the club ultras especially but fans in general have are a big part of football clubs and i think they are they have the right to make their voice heard and say what they have to say but there's a limit obviously to it and I don't think that in this case the limit was no like when they went to the training ground they were there for 10 minutes they lit flares yeah. they sang songs a bunch of women kids there and then so that is okay when when it goes more toxic then that's when I'm it not. just looks weird to see it happening at the end of a game and it's not just them like clapping no. from, yeah you know, it's like they're right under that I know Borussia Dortmund stay a point behind Bayern. We said that earlier with a 5-2 win over Borussia Mönchengladbach. Gab, they were 4-0 up at halftime. Yeah, look, they're absolutely flying. Uh, shout out to uh, Sebastian Haller. Great oh, uh, back hill. Uh, hill goal. Daniel Marlin is coming good. And Kareem Adeyemi. told you. I'll tell you what. Those three guys contributed basically nothing in the first half of the season. Obviously, Haller was was unwell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, neither Marlin nor Adeyemi, I think, scored their first goals until after the World Cup. Can you imagine if all three had been contributing all season long? 
uh, Dortmund would be clear at the top. I know. And Gladbach, by the way, what a terrible season. Shocking season. I, it's, it's, it's horrendous. No Marcus Rashford and not much cutting edge for Manchester United, but they do get a 2-0 win over Wolves to stay on track for top four. And they can get excited over Alejandro yeah. Garnacho. That was the best part of the game. Yeah, he's by What a lovely goal he scored as well. I mean, thanks for, thankfully for him scoring because there was better options probably than the one he took, but he scored. So uh, that's fine. It's good to see him back on the score sheets as well. And he's not going to go to the under-20 World Cup in Argentina. We know that because Manchester United didn't want to release him like many other players all around the world, which I struggle to understand. But then that competition should be in FIFA in the FIFA dates, not outside of dates, so clubs can still do what they want with their players. Uh, but it's a win. We will not really remember that game for a very long time. All they care about was the win, and that's it. Do you know that Marcus Rashford has scored as many league goals as United's next three top Together. scorers combined? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. It's that, it's that, that depending on him. But well done for my boy, Anthony Martial, uh, for the goal as well. Gab, we have uh, Eden Hazard sighting. He made his first league start since September in Real Madrid's 1-0 win over Getafe. Stayed, what, 60 minutes on the pitch, something like that? Something like that. Uh, I don't think there's anything to say Nothing about this all. game, really. They just, you know, Nothing. win, lose, they didn't care. It was just a question of, of getting of getting a run out uh, ahead of their Champions League um, semi-final in the big game against City. Lionel Messi made his return for Paris Saint-Germain in the 5-0 win over Ajaxio. Uh, unusually, Paris Saint-Germain winning at home, which doesn't always happen this time of year. No, that's true. Uh, he got a bit, a bit of a kicking towards the end that led to Ashraf Hakimi getting sent off, but at least the title moves a step closer. But, Jules, what... What, how, did, how was he greeted by the... Yeah, by half the and half he was. Uh, some... The tourists boots. cheered and the... Maybe, yeah, maybe you're right. Uh, no ultras, as we know, because they they basically went on strike, let's put it that way, until the end of the season. Uh, so he had some people booing and then the other half of the stadium kind of trying to cheer him to cover the booze. I mean, it was a bit weird. He didn't seem that bothered. I mean, he doesn't show much emotion anyway in general. So he was not good in the game. Kylian was amazing. Again, two goals. PSG, six points clear with three games to go. So one more win. Uh, and... Did Hakimi kind of... Was that know, he had that go with one of the Ajaxio players who should also have been sent off. I don't know. It was really weird. Well, the guy was sent off, no? No, no. Only Hakimi was sent off. No, I, I, and the Ajaxio guy got sent off too. I don't know if it was in the same sequence. I, I don't think it was the same sequence, but Hakimi really crossing. That's, that's France, you know, the refereeing here. Not happy. That's his second red, almost back to, almost back, to back after the suspension. So Is he going back to Real Madrid? I don't think he's going anywhere. Inter beats Asuolo 4-2 as Romelu Lukaku scores twice. Gab, how did they look ahead of Tuesday's Champions League game against Milan? All right. The short answer, not good. Um, <laughs> and look, they went 3-0 up. Lukaku scored a great goal. And it, Lukaku did look good. And you yeah. want his energy and whatever. And that bodes well. The other two goals were deflected. They're 3-0 up. And then Asuolo scored. Well. Oh, yeah. Obviously, made a bunch of changes yeah. or whatever. But it wasn't, you know, you don't look at this 4-2 and say, oh, a commanding performance full of confidence. No, look, they had a lot of changes. They're focusing on Tuesday. The uh, important thing was get the three points. You can't screw up top four, obviously. And they did that. Atletico Madrid lose to already relegated Elche 1-0. Jules, I guess they're not that fussed about finishing <laughs> second after all. You were like, oh, no, it's so important to finish ahead of Real Yeah, Madrid. I mean, They come don't on. care. They do. Season's over. They shouldn't nah, care. I could Point not disagree over. more. They, they should have won that game. Morata missed so many chances. It was infuriating, even if I'm not, I'm not an Atletico fan. 
Garbage in goal because you replaced Oblak who wasn't there. I mean, made a terrible mistake on the goal. It, like you, you even wonder how a keeper of that, I mean, that level, as in like you know, who's a number two goalkeeper for a club like that, can make a mistake, a similar mistake to that. It was crazy. So no, I think they want to finish ahead of Real Madrid. I think it's important to them. It was just a game where nothing worked defensively, offensively, but they did enough to win. But but didn't because of mistakes that they made both defensively and offensively, which I think is a shame. What should be important is simply growing as a team and leveraging the momentum from your last few months into next season. Yeah, sign a striker, please, a goal scorer. Nicola Nicola Fagioli scores a beauty as Juventus beat Cremonese 2-0 to stay second, Gab. At least until we hear, obviously, from the judges. They look pretty good as well. They did. They look look good in that sort of... Max Allegri kind of, of way course. that he wants him to look good, yeah. right? So solid at the back, effective, physical. Vlavic wasn't great, um, but this this bodes well if you believe in this type of way of playing that Allegri wants to do. Yeah. Uh, other times, you know, they look good playing in a different way. Most of the time, they look bad playing the Allegri way. Sometimes they look bad playing a different <laughs> way. Uh, so, you know, it's this little matrix combination, but... You know, I think it does give you a list. Of course, Cremonese is second bottom and yeah. heading to Serie B. Yeah. Jules, on the flip side, Paul Pogba made his first start in more than a year, but came off the pitch injured oh. after 21 minutes. He can't catch a break. Can no, he? no. It's, it's, I, I find it really sad. I know a lot of people won't care and, and won't have any empathy. I do because... He was his first start in over a year. I think the last time he started was April. It was against uh, Liverpool for Manchester United. Exactly. And he injured his his quads after a muscular injury. Again, after um, 21 minutes, as you said. Left the pitch in tears, which is, I think, really sad. They've built up his minutes, his fitness. They They felt he was ready... To start this game against Cremonese, where well, you know you're going to have a lot of the ball, there won't be too much intensity, right. all of that. So it was per- probably the right game to start him. And yet, after 20 minutes, that happens. I, I think I think it's really, really sad. His season is over, of course, now. And he just have to try to come stronger for the start of next season. Leipzig, their third in the Bundesliga, but it takes dramatic leg goals from big Willy Orban and Dominic Soboslai, Gab. Yeah, so, I mean, talk about, like, Late drama late, turning around, yeah. and, and this the stakes are very high for Leipzig to finish top four. I, I, and so you get you get the skipper scoring, I think it was minute eighty seven or something. Yeah, yeah. And then deep at injury time, oh, well, your oh, man Christopher and Kunku, so like good. stop, start, stop, start. Like he he's like one of those like point guards going coast to coast and uh, on the, on the basketball court. Um, so much electricity. So good. Sets up Sobosly, uh for the win. Big win for them. And sticking with the Bundesliga, Union Berlin versus Freiburg was wow. sort of a top four playoff. Yeah. It's a huge win for Union, much to producer Freddy's delight. It's massive, Gab, indeed, because now they look they look really good to get into the Champions League with two games to go. So you say they look really good. You mean their chances are really yeah, good. Chances Not that good. Union Berlin suddenly no. the ugly duckling transformed into no, a beautiful we princess. can't really... Uh, <laughs> we can't... We can't... We can't really sort of, you know, applaud the way they play football. I mean, it's, it's one way, of course, and, and, and well done to them. As Fischer having this team playing, playing uh, his own way and it's successful, but it's not, it's, it's not really our vibe. But well done to them still, because that was really, that was the game to win, to finish in the top four. So well done. Napoli lose away to Monza 2-0, Gab. Do the newly crowned Italian champions really care? They're on holidays already? I, I don't care. Um, they may say they care. I don't think they should they care. Really. Now is the time for the Warrior to rest mm. against Monza, who, you know, first season up, finishing mid-table, 
uh, they've got some big scalps under their uh, under their belt. Yeah, that's fine. I don't think it makes a jot of difference going forward. No. Chelsea have won the Women's FA Cup here in England, beating Manchester United 1-0. Jules? Yes, that was Sam Kerr who scored the goal. I mean, who else? She's got this incredible uh, ability to score goals in finals, to score at Wembley. Uh, this is the third FA Cup win in a row for the Chelsea women's team. And Emma Hayes, well done to them. And Sam Kerr, who was voted player of the season. Well, I think a lot of people didn't agree with it. I think she she proved those people wrong with that goal hey, at the, at the I, far I was post. curious about this, just because obviously you follow this closer than I do. The people who don't agree with with Sam Kerr or don't like celebrating Sam Kerr, is it because she's more of kind of a physical athletic center forward rather than, you know, one of the more like, or, yeah. elegant, talented yeah, number 10s with a pretty pass? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I think... I think to be fair, I, I kind of agree. I mean, not, with not, her. not suggesting she's technically poor no, by any no, stretch, no, but, true, but she's not a flair player. No, no, she's I'm not a flair player. She's an incredible goal scorer, wonderful goal scorer. And I, I think a lot of people felt that they maybe even within the Chelsea team, some players who deserved it more than her for everything that they brought outside or just go to the team. But I mean, we say often big games big, also belong to big players, and she's got again, she's so used of scoring winning goals and big goals in, in cup finals or in key moments to win trophies and the double is still on for Chelsea so you know well done to them. Roma held away by Bologna nil nil as Jose Mourinho wills out the B team Gab fair to say Mourinho's best chance of Champions League football at this stage of the season he's winning the Europa League and he was grumpy again after this this draw saying I've always said I've always been second I've said we don't have the, the squad to uh to finish in the top four. That's fine. He says what he's going to say. Look, I mean, if they win the Europa League, if they get to the final, I think it's still it's still a, a really big achievement showing again his ability in Europe. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, they're behind. I think a lot's going to depend if you lose points, how many points they lose, because obviously then a spot frees up. Frankly, I yeah. don't see that happening. If I'm looking at this and if I'm Mourinho, I tell myself, meh. You know, I got a better chance going forward against Bayer Leverkusen. one nil the first leg. And whether I play Sevilla or um, Juve. or Juve in the final, I like my chances there. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I think just mathematically, it's more likely that you're going to get success in those two games um, with Jose Mourinho to help than than you are to get into the top four. Definitely. Marseille beat Angers and back on Friday, Lens go a man down and still be Rams two one. Jules, is it fair to say that whatever happens, Lon's most impressive achievement this season? Yeah, you're right. I think that for me, they've been the best team. And you know how much I love PSG, but Lens have been the best team in Ligue 1 this season. They've been fantastic to watch. The way they play, the intensity, the press. We've, we've praised them many times. And Frank Hayes and the job that everybody at that club has been doing. They'll be back in Europe for the first time in a long time. I think 08 was the last time, maybe. Um, and... Potentially in the Champions League, if they finish second straight into the Champions League, if they finish third, they would have to go through tricky qualifier rounds. But still, will be a, will be really amazing, and it's a completely deserved um, rewards in a way because the season has been has been great. And once again, my boys to Fana, Paris born and bred, of course, scored a lovely goal, the winning goal when they were one goal down uh, with a, with a with a man down as well. Gab, you're right, wonderful performance, really. And the best for Fana in in Ligue 1, better than the Monaco guy, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I love I love Yusuf Paris born and bred as well. The two for Fana's are Paris born and bred, but but yeah, Seco this season has been. Okay, please don't tell fantastic. me Wesley is Paris born and bred. Is Marseille born and bred? Okay, so that's yeah, different. Yeah. And David Fofana, definitely not Paris definitely born. Not and bred. <laughs> 
Most importantly, Eredivisie, guys, we mentioned this all through the season, but the game between Ajax and Groningen was abandoned after just nine minutes following a protest from Groningen fans who have been relegated. Yeah, and they're really angry at the club. They they threw these smoke bombs, which put out. I didn't even really, know they that, made them like this. Yeah, dark. It's really dark black yeah. smoke onto the pitch, and uh, uh, you just couldn't see anything. They had no choice. Um, you know, it's hard. You see this from the outside. It's not the first incident that's that's happened this season in in the area Divisi. I think two things need to happen. Obviously, you need to have better policing. You need to tell people to stop acting like this, and you need to have punishments for people yeah. who act like this. Equally, I think the way some clubs have been run, I think it's time to have more oversight uh, in the way what some of these owners do with these clubs. Yeah. Newcastle are held at Leeds 2-2 as Kellen Wilson scores again. Two penalties for him. Yeah. But Jules, another ugly scene as a fan appears to run on and confront Newcastle manager yeah. Eddie Howe. Really terrible. Uh, the scenes that we saw. And that just the... The easiness, easiness you say in English? The ease. The ease in what that happened as well. I, I just can't understand. I mean, obviously it's a life, life ban and I hope it's even more than just that. I think, I hope there's some sort of prosecution for these guys. It's, you know, it's really, really dangerous. It's they, they, unacceptable. I, I think what's weird and scary about this is this, this guy, he comes over, he kind of like sort of grabs Eddie Howe, says something to him, and then yeah. obviously then the stewards take him away. And there's that, there's that huge dude with a big beard behind him and the, the shaved head. Like, yeah. I, I don't want to mess with that guy. It's obviously, you know, here in England, there are no barriers. It's very easy to yeah, get yeah, yeah. on the pitch, you know. Um, and that is part of what, what makes the Premier League spectacle so great because you do feel like you're in, are in an arena. Yeah. It would be tragic if we got to the point where we had to give that up. So other than giving, you know, stiff penalties and making sure that one by one, every time this stuff happens, we never see these people again, I'm not sure what you can do. No, no, no. Okay, let's talk positives in the Netherlands, Gab. How about Arne Schloss Feyenoord being crowned champions? I, I think this is a tremendous achievement. You know, we had this conversation off air, right, about how, you know, it's, it's never a fair fight in the sense that there's always somebody bigger and richer yeah. than you, right? In Arnest Lott's case, last season, um, they had a really good season, got praised for the way they played and, and the results as Reached well. Reached the final, of, of course, against Roma. Reaching the final of the Europa Conference League. Yeah. I think it's right saying only four guys who started that game are still, are, are still back with the team now, yeah, right? Yeah, they lost all the, the best players pretty well, much. They the lost Malasia to United. They, yeah. they, they lost Sinistero to Leeds United. Yeah, they lost Sinesi uh, to, 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 to Bournemouth. Uh, they lost that other guy, the Norwegian dude, to, to, to Benfica. The guy whose name yeah, I can't yeah, pronounce. Yeah, yeah. Wait, how do you pronounce his name? Nah, I wouldn't. Yeah. I can't have done it quickly. It could be kind of English French, but it's probably not. No, exactly. But the point is, he reloads on the fly, and he's such a good coach yeah. that the new guys that come in, it's not like they spent a ton of money. Amazing. It's not like they sold these guys for so much money that they went on a shopping spree. No, spirit. but well done to this um, the recruitment team as well. They've, they've done really well. You're a big fan. I'm just kind of like, yeah, but could this work somewhere else? For me, when you see people who are able to win, be forced to reload and win again, to me that is a big sign. Yeah. Or, or win or just be successful. I agree. To me that is a good, really good sign that they're not just sort of ideologues with great players. They're also people who can, who can rebuild on the fly, who, are, who have that pragmatism, who have that capacity to, to evolve. So um, 
I, I don't want to say he should leave to go to a bigger club. No. If he's happy there, he should stay there. Mm. If he does decide to move on at some point, I think a lot of serious clubs should look at him. Yeah. Maybe even Tottenham. Since, Maybe. I think they since are. Since Julian Nagelsmann is not the it's right not fit. not the right fit. I think they are looking at him. <laughs> Plenty of controversy in Ligue 1 over the rainbow shirts this weekend, especially in Toulouse, where the home side played Nantes. Yes, that's right. Um, Gabi, some players didn't want to play in these games. So all in Ligue 1 Ligue 2 this weekend, you, are, you were wearing your normal shirt. But the numbers at the back were in rainbow colors, a bit like the rainbow laces that we have in, in England. Um, some players didn't want to be associated to that campaign, didn't want to, um, quoted their personal belief, and didn't want to be associated with it, which in a way I can understand, in another way I don't understand. Um, <clears throat> three players, and some of them, three players for Toulouse, one for Nantes, some have explained themselves and saying, listen, in, in what I believe in, I, I don't want to be associated with this. I think it's a shame and a lot of the LGBTQ plus community have been outraged by the fact that, for example, the, the Brest uh, manager Eric Roy uh, says things like, well, it's, 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 it's because why, why are you doing that now when we're in the final sprint of the season? This is not acceptable from the league to put... This is nothing to do with the league. It's the day against homophobia in the whole world. So it goes with it. We're not going to do it at Christmas or it would not make any sense. So it doesn't feel that this campaign is backed very much by the clubs who are not going to take any sanctions against the players who don't want to play. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know. It's, uh, it bothers me, but I don't know what to do. I'm in two minds about this because part of me says it's really important that members of this community know that the big institutions are with them. Yeah. Right? Uh, so Ligan as a whole has decided to do this, um, and then, so the institutions there, and so. If you are against this, you are against the status quo of football in France, right? Yeah. You're against the status quo of Ligue 1. And, and so you are isolated. You're in the minority in, in not being comfortable with the rainbow shirts or whatever, right? And that, that, that I think, is a big encouraging message yeah. to send. Equally, I kind of think it's a little bit like the poppies. If you go and you stitch a poppy into the shirt, or if you go and you put the rainbow shirts, and everybody's like, okay, guys, put on your shirts, it's... How many people wearing them are actually doing it because they're convinced or because yeah. they're just going along with it? Of course. How many people may be rampantly homophobic, but they don't like, eh, I don't need the attention. Let me go and put the shirt on anyway. What do I care? I kind of feel like this sort of stuff is more effective when it's an individual choice. And, you know, you still have a campaign, and but maybe, like I said, like they do with the rainbow laces here or whatever. When it's actually printed onto your shirt and you're an employee and your your boss tells you to do it, it moves it into another, yeah, into a very, very different sphere. Maybe. Well, it's playoff time here in, in the UK because all the leagues from the fifth division, fourth, third, second are all into the playoff semi-final, final, etc. I was at Wembley Gab on Saturday to watch Chesterfield against North County. The mighty Spires? Of course, because one of my best friends is a Chesterfield fan, so we were all there, you know, supporting him. It was an amazing, I have to say, it was a great game in terms of the scenario. Uh, he went to penalties after late goals from uh, to equalise from, from North County. John Bostock, remember? The guy with the long neck, former Spurs star and, and, and exactly. Crystal Palace, was Toulouse. it? Yeah, exactly, that's right. And trying a panenka in the penalty shootout, missing <laughs> for the winning penalty. His team had another one after to win it and they, they ended up winning it. But it was great. And in the championship, Gabby, Sunderland beat Luton 2-1 in the playoff first sort of semi-final first leg. And I know it's not your thing, but I'll ask you about Ahmad Diallo Traore, who scored in that game. Reports suggest that he will be back at Old Trafford next year. He's been on loan to Sunderland and has done amazingly well. One of the best players in the championship. This uh, yeah, as I understand, he scored a bunch of goals. Um, and 
It's interesting because when you look at kind of how like the core of wingers is likely to shape up at Manchester United next season, right? Uh, you've got Anthony, you've got Sancho, you've got Garnacho. I think they're going to yeah. want to get more minutes to. Yeah. And you have Rashford, who I'm assuming you don't want to play at center forward. Yeah, you so want to have him coming in from the wing, right? Yeah. So those are four guys who on paper are going to be ahead of him. Um, so I wonder what the right choice, and that's before we get into Alanga, who I'm assuming they can move on, yeah. uh, if, if they like Diallo more. I do wonder what is his development going to be like. Is he is he going to move inside, which is a position he's played before? Yeah. Um, not at center forward, but in attacking midfield. Second striker or something. He's still yeah, very maybe. young, maybe to do that. Um, if Sunderland are promoted, leave him at, leave him alone at Sunderland for another season in the Premier League. He will play. He will start every game. He will get used to it. He will learn a lot. They have something really good. Tony Mowbray is a really good, like, experienced coach. And that would be better than staying on the bench at United and play with the reserve now and again. You know, I am totally pro-loan, and I would totally but, agree with that. But? But there's this perception that, oh, but if you send players on loan, you know, you lose sight of them and blah, blah, blah. Well, like so I said, would it wouldn't apply here. What? what would you do then? You're not going to keep him on the bench at United if he doesn't play. I, I, look, if it were up to me, I'd send Sancho on loan and be like, hey, come back when you're good. Come back when you go oh, back. So to Sancho the is, good on, is good enough for the loan, but not Ahmad. <laughs> no, no, but I was saying, it would never happen. No, but I, I do wonder about the priorities. Right? So Anthony's going to be there because whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, no, for sure. That's fine. And on the other wing, I got Rashford. I, I'm just, I, I am wondering, if I like Garnacho so much, I, I guess one of those two, Garnacho or Diallo, has to go on loan, and it's more likely to be Diallo because he already has a home and a manager if Sunderland come up. Yeah. The question is, if Sunderland do not come up, do you leave, do you leave Diallo there another season, or do you no, find I him a club in the Premier League yeah. with all the uncertainty yeah. that comes with yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to aim for the Premier League now, fam. That's the main talking point to me. Jules, we love to celebrate our Gab and Jules meets family. So let's do that with our boy, Gael Clichy. Oh, yes. Who scored a heck of a goal oh. this past weekend. Yeah, on Saturday against Sion. He plays in midfield now. He plays as number six in that game and read the game well on the halfway line, intercepted the pass, and then just hits the love 40 yards into the goal. Amazing goal for him, who doesn't score many at all. Well, he told us he scored like what? Like three, I think, or something like that, or five, or maybe six. Incredible goal, really. They won 5 0. they hopefully for them, going to make it into the Champions League qualifying uh, spot if you want in Switzerland because they're not going to win the league but it was an amazing goal and it's good because as we said he deserves a lot of credit for the career that he's had for being still fit and at playing at that level now at his age so yeah well done to him uh, yeah I think I mean, obviously because the rule is all goals like that have to be compared to David Beckham's goal against uh, Wimbledon yes. or Naeem from the halfway line if you're really old yeah um, this is better because he had to read the game intercept the ball yeah you know, and he then... Getting the ball didn't just, you didn't know, just come to him. Exactly. <laughs> Neymar was in the stands for PSG's 5-0 win over Ajaxu at the Parc des Princes. And images of him making a uh, video call to Luis Suarez went viral, Gab. For a moment, the MSN was reunited there. Yeah, because Messi was on the pitch and Suarez yeah. is in Brazil. Yeah, I guess. Plays for Gremio and Neymar's in the stands because obviously he's injured again. Yeah. I, I don't like that. I don't. I mean, I'm grumpy. It just says nothing to me. Like, all right, look, oh, your video call. Like, who cares? Like, honestly, <laughs> like, why is it? Like, I, I, this seems, this is exactly the kind of thing, right? You've got, you've got one guy who's just back from suspension on the pitch. You've got this guy who hasn't played in forever yeah. and who, correct me if I'm wrong, most fans at the club don't want and don't like anymore. Yeah. You have the other dude who's presumably stopped biting people, but also 
he's half a world away in Brazil. He's got nothing to do with Paris Saint-Germain. And what, we make this ready-made, like, for Instagram post thing? Hey, I, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> yeah. like, but, like, to me, nah. <laughs> Jules, this brings us to an end. But this week, uh. midweek. The Champions oh. League semi-final return legs. Yes. Uh, who you got? I've got Inter and I've got Man City. And I'll be at both games, so I can tell you all about it on Thursday. I suspect most people do. Most people feel just like you. Until then, uh, love the game. Love your neighbor. Love yourself. Love yourself.